We're continuing to celebrate 25 years of the Lewis and Clark Interpretive Center. Coming up on this episode of We're No Damn Experts in part two of our two-part series, we're talking with the current Interpretive Center director about stories from the core of discovery, what the center means for this community, and we look ahead to the Lewis and Clark Festival. Best damn podcast, the best damn town. You want to get up, get ready to get down. Welcome to the greatest damn town in Montana, Great Falls. I'm Rebecca Ingham. I'm Shannon Newth. And And we're we're No Damn Damn Experts. experts. It is spring in Montana. Mm. Mm -hmm. The day we are recording (laughs) is 420. Uh Uh-huh. 2023. What time is it? And time is 206 in the afternoon. Not 420. Temp is like 20 degrees Uh and there's snow on the ground. (laughs) But that's not going to stop us from talking about fun things and about our unique assets. The weather don't get us down because we live in Montana. That's right. In our studio today is a guest you all know and love. We have heard stories about John Coulter from him. We have heard stories about Lewis and Clark feeding twigs to Sacagawea. (laughs) We have heard... Some really good things. Mm-hmm. And I welcome back to the studio Dwayne Bushai with the Lewis and Clark Interpretive Center mm-hmm. here in Great Falls, Montana. Welcome back, man. Thanks, Rebecca and Shannon. <laughs> it's good to be back with both of you. Yeah. He's always a smiling face. If you go to the Interpretive Center, you always have a yeah. smiling, happy, knowledgeable face to greet you. You know, Hard not to be happy yeah. when you're in a place like yeah. that, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Such a different reaction than when you show up at our office. Yeah. Just FYI. <laughs> like you walk uh. in. Yeah, we'll be kind to you until you start asking questions that we just like, can't uh, answer. Move along. We had this we had I, not we, I had the same five minute conversation twenty five times yesterday with the same people about what the weather is going to do. Mm-hmm. And if you can recall, we used to have two meteorologists on staff. We have oh, that's right. We have a <laughs> a meteorologist enthusiast yeah, on staff I now, did but the weather years ago. Yeah, but I'm not a meteorologist. I'm married to one, so I feel closer. I'm meteorologist adjacent yeah. compared to the rest of the world. Yeah, that's at least intent. <laughs> yeah. Well, and a lot further along the path than we are, where I just kept looking at these people, and I and I wanted to try and be helpful, but they're like, "What's the weather going to do at four o'clock today? What is the weather going to be like in Helena tomorrow at two? I really love to be able to help you more. I'm going to mm. tell you what KRTV's website says. But I'm going to tell you, trust 20% of what it says. I don't know what's going to happen. The meteorologists all get a paycheck whether they're right or wrong. (sighs) They try. I'm just going to bite my tongue. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we're going to do our best guess. But no one can predict the future. 
That is so true. And I mean, how boring would that be if yeah. everything was like laid out that you yeah. knew? I'd rather every have next a little event. surprise. <laughs> Although I would like to have like that skill where if I predict something that's going to happen tomorrow, I've got the power that it just happens. Oh. Just at the right time. Though. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's scary. And people will be like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I know. It's creepy, huh? <laughs> But never tell anyone I have that super. So kind of like being psychic, but you can make it happen yeah. instead. Yeah, mm. like so. So Almighty. God, <laughs> right? <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but <laughs> so now that we got that out of, <laughs> we have talked numerous times about the Lewis and Clark Interpretive Center, mm-hmm. and for you folks who haven't remembered. North America's most extensive collection of the entire core of discovery expedition right here in Great Falls. Mm -hmm. Lewis and Clark traipsed all along some areas of the Missouri River. Mm -hmm. Spent the most time in any one location outside of winter camp here in Great Falls. And we have the center that is unique. It is beautiful. Mm -hmm. It is amazing. And it is 25 years old this year. Mm -hmm. 25 years. And technically, so we heard from Jane Weber last week on last week's episode. Okay. And today, Dwayne, when this episode releases, will be the official day of the 25th anniversary. Happy birthday! (laughs) (laughs) How how many of the 25 years have you been with the Interpretive Center for? I've been with them uh, just one over eight years. Okay. So just a fraction of that time, about 30% of it, roughly. So... Tell us why, what drew you to the Interpretive mm-hmm. Center? Mm-hmm. Because you had an illustrious military career before you left that oh. world and moved into learning how to fire certain guns and learning bush medicine and yes. flaming I mean, poop. Some of that's in the military too, isn't it? I have uh, no idea. Yeah, I don't know what is. he did. <laughs> <laughs> All transferable yeah. skills. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'll say first I was attracted <laughs> back home. Montana's always been home. I was born and raised over outside of Helena. Mm, okay. And then, uh, yeah, spent uh, a good portion of my life, twenty, in fact, 25 years wandering the globe in different mm. locations with the United States Air Force. And uh, there was no doubt in my mind at about year 2021 20, uh, after uh, that I'd been in the Air Force that uh, yet when I'm done, I'm coming home. Yeah. And uh, I did just that, and yeah. I will not leave again. <laughs> <laughs> you it learned is, your lesson. Yes. It was, I, you know, it I was have fun. No, yeah. It was. I have no regrets, but mm-hmm. it's been fun to turn this page, uh, come back, reacquaint myself with uh, a lot of old friends, with uh, family, um, with some new things as well. Uh, things, things do change, uh, whether yeah. you're here or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm elated, you know, when I was a kid, Great Falls never had a, a, a huge attraction on me, and now there's no other place that I would live. Mm, yeah, I you love heard it here. being yeah. in Great Falls. You know, one thing that really sealed that deal for me is that before I got out and came back here, I was in South Carolina. Uh, nothing against South Carolina. They have a lot of beautiful trees, but there are so <laughs> many trees that you don't ever get to see the sky. Oh, oh, yeah. You can't look it's through the timber. It's not a problem here. Yeah. Um, you know, the visibility is very close. So uh, I didn't realize it until I uh, spent a couple of years mm. down there, and then I came back here to visit friends and family, and I'm like, it is oh, so good <laughs> to look and see the sky, the yeah. mountains, the landscape. Mm. And so I did the same yeah. thing when I left home and went to college. Um, I grew up on a ranch, 
and when I went to college, it was in town. And so, like, I was all looking forward to living in the big city. And then my first trip home, I got out of the pickup and um, stepped out, and I just smelled cow mm. crap. And I'm like... <laughs> bliss oh that's just the best <laughs> smell in the world like one you wouldn't <laughs> notice on a daily basis where yeah. you lived but then it was definitely there because you'd been away for so long and mm. you just never appreciate that smell as much as when you've been gone yeah, yeah <laughs> cow poop so smell mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so if you ever want to make me a candle <laughs> There's probably one that exists yeah. that's a manure of there some is. kind. I've seen yeah. it. <laughs> Dwayne has them in his house all over the place. <laughs> He's well, making them himself. Yeah. Lewis himself, I, he mm. made comment that, you know, uh, cooking over a bison dung fire imparted somewhat of a spicy flavor to the meat. Yeah. Oh, so, you know, that had to have smelled good too, right? Well, you would uh. think it's all natural. That's right. All natural does not mean good. <laughs> now, I do have to share. We had Elizabeth and Kelly, Kelly mm-hmm. from the Interpretive Center Foundation on, and we talked extensively about custom-scented Lewis and Clark candles. Yes. And mm-hmm. don't be surprised if that ends up in the Portage And the names store. that could go along with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would not be surprised at all. No, it's going to be awesome. I think they would awesome. sell. <laughs> yeah. I really One of do. them is going to be Lewis's foot. <laughs> that was Kelly, wasn't it? Uh, how did you know? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> there was some pretty good brainstorming mm-hmm. happening here. <laughs> sure yeah, there was. Mm-hmm. Like only they can do. Yeah. <laughs> Very creative people. Yeah. Uh, so, Dwayne, what's your job so now <laughs> with the interpreter? He's not the only one that asked me that. <laughs> He asks himself every yeah. night. He goes home. He's like, honey, what is my what job? What am I doing? So I have the privilege of uh, being the director at the Lewis and Clark Interpretive Center. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a year in May that I've been in that position. Uh, prior to that, I was the education coordinator. So all the school groups and outreach to schools and that kind of thing was kind of underneath of my purview. But, uh, yeah, today that's what I find myself doing. And, uh, yeah, I... I count myself fortunate Mm -hmm. to walk through those doors and get to share that story with people Mm -hmm. that come to see us. And clearly this is not a podcast to recruit employment, but do you have openings? We have openings. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yes, we do. Make no mistake. I'll say that again. (laughs) We have openings. And we're always looking to hire the right volunteer. Mm-hmm. There you uh, go. We we have 43 on our rolls right That's now. That's great. Oh, wow. Um, a typical volunteer spends one day a week, four hour, a four-hour shift. They might mm-hmm. be helping in the exhibit hall as a docent. They might be at, a, at the information desk uh, guiding patrons that come in or giving them more information about our town. Maybe they're helping with school groups or our special events. Uh, might be working in our in our gift shop or doing some administrative kind of things in our uh, in our back admin office. But uh, yeah, we've uh, we've have opportunity to come and join our happy clan. Mm-hmm. In fact, this would be a good time to do so because once a year <laughs> we have a, a big training pep rally, getting ready for our peak season events, and then it would be on the fifteenth of May is when we have mm. that plan. So oh wow, okay. people would have a chance to meet. All the volunteers, almost all of them together, because mm-hmm. usually we get just about the whole crew there. So, and you've got some with like a lot of longevity there. Yeah, we have. Let's see, there are six volunteers still actively serving with us. In fact, I just walked away from one to come over here today. <laughs> he was uh, taking care of some things that have been there since we have opened. Wow, incredible. Yeah, and there's we have one just a year ago that. Uh, 
we uh, awarded. So he he just hit ten thousand hours. Oh my gosh! Of volunteer service. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, and, and really, just take a moment to think in in any venture you're a part of, someone mm-hmm. who just willingly gives of their time for twenty five years to such a worthy cause. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's epic. Humbling. Yeah. Yeah. And these volunteers are all pretty passionate about this place. I mean, they wouldn't be there as long as they have been if they didn't have some some passion for the story. What do those volunteers add to the experience of people coming to the Interpretive Center? Well, the word you said there, passion, so mm-hmm. absolutely. And so in every word that comes out of their mouth, anybody that they're talking with, they feel that, right? Mm-hmm. They sense the excitement. They see it in their eyes. They see it in their face. They hear it in their voice. Yeah. And uh, that just tends to be a little contagious mm-hmm. and so, so the others are getting excited about it too and about their trip there and you know um I, I, if i'm ever feeling like man this has been a rough day mm-hmm. i like to go look at trip advisor <laughs> uh, which to, for a so, lot of people would that would be the opposite of what they would want to do is look at reviews right <laughs> um i tell you so i i know this stat only because i looked at it this morning <laughs> but there were 888 reviews on there all but 16 were four stars or above wow and then you read through there and people like you know oh the the volunteers were so knowledgeable Mm. and so excited about what they were doing and what they were sharing and this is the best site we've been to out of all of them that we've gone to across the trail there's 112 sites you know from the pacific coast out to the east east coast that are all telling a portion of the story right and uh but yeah there's just there's a lot of very positive comments that you just have to look at it for a few minutes like okay i feel renewed now let's yeah. let's, let's move on yeah what we're you. doing makes a difference mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, you know i mean quite honestly there's some wonderful sites all across the trail mm-hmm. um so yeah I, I believe this with all my heart with the difference comes from the people that are in that the volunteers mm-hmm. are who they see more than anyone else uh, there's right <laughs> we have a small handful of staff <laughs> yeah um so they're the ones that are exuding that energy that passion and they're making it a connection where people like walk away going wow that was pretty special mm-hmm. yeah. and what because you were obviously excited about what you get to do every day you talked about yeah. being grateful when you walk in the doors for work every morning what makes you so passionate and so excited to get to do this work? Mm. You, we have an opportunity to bring history alive to people, mm. right? And to connect with them in a way. I, I mean, a lot of times we tend to look back on history or cultures and uh, sometimes that we, we focus on the things that are different than what we're accustomed to. And certainly we can look at the core discovery and realize that. <laughs> But we can also realize that there were some passionate people there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Some adventurous people there. Want to a little too adventurous, out. in my opinion. <laughs> you know, I, uh, yeah. some some courage, some mm-hmm. character that was exhibited all along. There a little was bit some, of tenacity. Absolutely, and I, you know, you don't have to study uh, Lewis and Clark and their leadership for very long to realize that they were amazing leaders. <laughs> Yeah. And really such a compliment one to another. And there's absolutely no question in mind about the the absolutely respect that all of them had for them. Yeah. Uh, just to keep doing what they were doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like, you know, would you say rainbows and unicorns every day? I mean, <laughs> you know. No. <laughs> well, you get a group of people together and you're like, all right, 
I don't know how long this is going to take, where we're going, what we're going to encounter. You want to come? Yeah. <laughs> you tr- trust me? <laughs> like, yeah. That's a lot to ask of people. All that for $5 a month. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have done it, Dwayne. And I've said that <laughs> time and time again. Mm-hmm. And certainly would have not made it to Great Falls. If yeah. for some reason I did, I wouldn't have gone much further because... <laughs> You'd be in Great Falls still, yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. we'd be in Great Falls. There would be no whiskey, and there's five falls to Portage. I'd have been like, (laughs) you know what? I don't even know how many more years we have left to get (laughs) to the end of this because we just keep going Mm -hmm. and never stopping. And they gave us enough whiskey to last for the entire trip, and it's gone. And I don't know how much... I would not have been a good member of the Discovery <laughs> Corps of Discovery journey. They would have kicked you out. Yeah, I would have been the one. I would have been the one that got shot and buried somewhere along yeah. the way, and there would be we... no record of anything happened. Like we don't know who Didn't she, know she was. existed. Yeah. She joined the Corps Rebellion. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> there yeah. you go. I'd be like, hey, sell me off to someone. Yeah. I just want to stay in this area. I just want out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll do whatever it takes mm-hmm. to get away from this. <laughs> I was just going to ask you if you remembered from past co- conversations if uh, what it was they ran out of here, but obviously you did. It's a pretty memorable <laughs> moment for me. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to remember a whole bunch, but, you know, the fun parts I'll remember. <laughs> the further, you know, the long list of reasons of why I would have never been part of the core of Discovery. <laughs> if and, you could t- transport in time you know and i think about it like people making applications to go colonize mars i'm not gonna i'm not doing that either not one of those people that's just a little too much for me yeah just i got a whole lot of quitting me i like it here yeah Mm -hmm. i'm just happy here do you have a favorite um favorite or most intriguing part to you story of the journey of lewis and clark or of their (laughs) Of their trip or their time, not necessarily even in Great Falls, but just uh, do you have a favorite part or most intriguing part to you about their journey? I do. I I kind of alluded to it just a moment ago. Mm-hmm. I, I guess part of this came from my upbringing in the military mm-hmm. uh, myself. So, you know, I spent 29 years uh, wearing our country's uniform. And so I've always been a little intrigued about these little nuances of leadership nuggets yeah. that I see displayed uh, from Lewis, from Clark. You know, I mean, we can all be a leader no matter what position we're in, mm-hmm. right? But uh, mm-hmm. there's just a, a few things that come to mind that are really impressive to me. Um, one of them that I'm thinking of right now. So, you know, when they make it, finally make it out to the Pacific Coast, they get there. Things are pretty miserable. <laughs> Begin well, to they ran out of whiskey, so. <laughs> they ran out of whiskey. It, it is raining. Raining. Mm-hmm. All, they're there nearly five months. There's 12 days that they record that it did not rain. Oh, and of the 12 days it did not rain, there was only six of those that they actually saw the sunshine. Oh, my gosh. I doubt it was for very long. But nonetheless, right. oh. I, I mean, they liken it to a and prison. And at this point in the journey, too, you're just, mm. Just yeah. a full Seattle yeah. experience, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. uh, absolutely. And and so you, your your food is rotting. You know, you can't keep anything because it's yeah. always wet and moist, and so it's miserable out there. Mm-hmm. But Lewis, so they're there with a, a number of the Pacific Coast tribes, and uh, he notices the hats that they're wearing. Hmm. They're a they're a woven cedar bark hat, kind of conical in shape. Uh, some of them he describes as having kind of, a, it's like a little bulb on top. But anyway, and as he observes, 
as he was a great observer of all things, um, he's like, wow, those, they're, they're waterproof. And it sheds all that rain, not mm. only off their head, but off their shoulders. And that would be really comfortable for everyone. So he orders hats <laughs> hey. for the whole crew. Yeah. And again, I, I just, I like to point back to that again. He's, he's always looking out mm-hmm. for him. Maybe not thought of as the most gregarious guy in the group, but Clark, he had Clark for that, right? Yeah. Um, so the two <laughs> of them Clarks, together mm-hmm. complimented <laughs> one another, but I mean, it's just a small little thing, but in the whole sense of it, I think it speaks volumes yeah. About, hey, he cared about the little things, mm-hmm. and he sought he paid to paid attention to that, to taking Put care them of his first. people. And I, I think that's why you see references to cheerful spirits so many mm. times when they're under physical duress, trying to do what they're doing. Mm. Uh, and that's just one of. But I mean, you can go through uh, the journals, and you can find those little nuggets mm. all over the place. I, I find that fascinating, and I enjoy sharing that with people. We've had uh, some companies that have come out here, and they've. Uh, uh, let us share some leadership principles that they yeah. find fascinating that they they want some of their people to know. We mm-hmm. have uh, Vermeer Enterprises. Um, do you know who Vermeer is by chance? Mm-hmm. No. no. So he, uh, the but, founder of that company, he's the patented the round baler. Oh. Oh. Oh, I was going to say the name sounds familiar, but then I was thinking maybe I'm getting it confused with Vandelay Industries, which is a good Seinfeld reference. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I was like, I know that name, too. That's why. But Mm -hmm. now that you say Baylor, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think we ran one. (laughs) They sent um, their new middle managers. That's my term. They might have a different term for it, but I think there <laughs> yeah, was... It's your story. There yeah. was like 16 of them. Oh, wow. And uh, they came out here. They spent three days in Great Falls, hmm. and uh, it was... We went to a different site every day and uh, shared with them what occurred. Like, we were up at Decision Point up by Loma. Okay. Mm-hmm. What happened here? What was the big decision? That, you yeah. Know? And then we looked at some leadership principles that you know, might still apply, and we could see where those oh, would fit so in unique. today. Mm-hmm. We looked at the, the Great Falls, and we looked at the Portage, and all. And anyway, it was, uh, they That's had a neat. great time. In fact, he is uh, already looking to just make that a regular part of what they do. Yeah. So, And we've had opportunity to do that with a few organizations out at Malmstrom, too, that have mm-hmm. uh, kind of nice. tapped into that. So, yeah, I, I do there, enjoy that. Yeah, if there was more time and more, if we could clone you a few times, you could turn that into a whole leadership enterprise program. You could. <laughs> Someone sure could. Yeah. How many people are listening to this? Because I oh thousands, <laughs> millions, millions, millions. Yeah, we're so gonna I, kick I off our stadium the world. tour. We yeah. can dream about those things, yeah. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the where the portage started officially is on private land today, so it's not accessible to the average Joe. Have mm-hmm. you been on that spot? I have had opportunity to um, go down there and 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 uh, be on that private ground where they had their camp and everything. And you know, I would say that even though that is on private land, there is a public spot that you can uh, park and hike to, where you can look right across the Missouri River yep. and you can see mm-hmm. right where they were. Um, so, and that's available again. That's you have to go down to the trailhead at Maroney Dam. Yep. So. From Sulphur Springs Loop. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. So it's clearly marked. It's a beautiful it is walk. Just under four miles round trip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody is thinking, you know, hey, that sounds fun. I'd like to do that. 
uh, I would encourage you to make plans to do it. It's uh, so to drive there and back, you're talking about an uh, hour round trip, and then to do the hike, it's four miles, not a lot of elevation gain or loss. But if you're coming in the summertime, That's... it is there's one tree yeah, where you it... can seek some shade. The rest of the time, you're exposed. It's toasty. So it's, it's mm-hmm. best to look at the weather. Uh, if it's going to be warm, try and go in the morning or late in the It's evening. a great late spring or early fall hike as well. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be an opportunity for a guided hike on that. There is. Not uh, o- not only to there, look at but that segue. to the Lewis and Clark <laughs> Pass as well. So, yes. Mm-hmm. So before we jump into that, my other kind of question along this leadership line and, you know, it's military, so you you're being told and you're doing what you're told because you're whatever in this unit. But having been a military man yourself, I have not. There's still grumbling, isn't there? Like there's still people are like, ah, no, no, well, I don't I don't want to do this. I'm not going to do it with all of my heart. I know <laughs> that you want me to do this, Lewis, but this is. You can see this is getting ridiculous, right? Like there's got to be some of that conversation or is it just the faith in the system and these are our leaders and we're going to continue? So probably the best example, the story that comes to mind that I I, I think does a good job of answering that question. But before I go there, um, (laughs) yes, there's always something for a GI to grumble about. But it doesn't That's always. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, I don't know that why. has trended through all generations yeah. right down to today. But it doesn't have to be your boss. Oh. Mm-hmm. Not always. Okay. So, President Jefferson, like, <laughs> <laughs> getting the brunt What's of it. What's wrong with this man? Yeah. <laughs> but it, when I think of when they're approaching the Great Falls of the Missouri. Yeah. And uh, then they come to, I just spoke about Decision Point up there by Loma. Yeah. Know, That's the one I was thinking. I've seen you know, take it with a grain of salt, but seeing documentaries or reenactments. And I was just specifically thinking about when it came time to figure out which way to go, didn't they play a prank on them or like pretended to doubt them or something? Maybe this was all in acting for well, this documentary, but. What it was is, <laughs> yeah. you know, the two groups of men are sent to do a little reconnaissance mm-hmm. on the, the uh, river that's pouring in from the north. And then the one that they have been traveling on, and and they come back, and and Clark or Lewis are not in either party, right? So they come back, and they're like, you know, in their mind, they conclude that hey, we need to take this fort to the right, uh, that's going off to the north. We know as the Marias River today, and they had concluded that um, it was uh, a lot, had a lot more silt in it. It, it to stand and look at it, you could tell a lot muddier. And they're thinking greater velocity because its true source is coming from the mountains. And that's the direction they need to go. That's going to take them where they're hoping to go. But then uh, Clark and Lewis are not convinced. And so they are going to go do their own reconnaissance, their own homework. And they come back and their conclusion is exactly opposite Mm -hmm. of what all their men that are following them have just suggested. And this, I mean, it's not, you know. But then you got to feel at some point like leadership is like. What, what have we done wrong that these people can't see what we see? And then... <laughs> exactly. And, and then, then for the... Also the self-doubt of like, they all see it the other way. And and they've had experience, right? At oh. this point, they've been together for a long right. time on the river. Like, yeah. why don't you trust me, man? Uh, they, they've got <laughs> Cruzot, uh, arguably... 
the best boatman of all of them. Yeah. <laughs> he knows how to read a river. <laughs> and that's why I go back and say, you know, I've been around long enough. I've been around leaders that have made unpopular decisions that haven't done the advanced building of a relationship mm -hmm. and trust with people. Mm -hmm. It doesn't go very well. Right. And to me, that's what just points. Yeah, that's that's the proof that Lewis, Clark, they're developing that relationship all the way along. So mm -hmm. when they get to the point where it's like, they might have been thinking, are you crazy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when he says, this is what we're going to do, there is no word of complaint. Huh. See, I think maybe and this is where I'm thinking of in whatever documentary or reenactment I watched where they like played it that they were going to be angry and not follow them. And then they were like, ah, just kidding. We'll follow you, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, nah, I will follow you. I just—they've had plenty of time to build relationships. It's what two two years in, a year and a half in by this point. Mm -hmm. Year and a half. So, <laughs> yeah, we've spent a lot of time together, people. Yeah. <laughs> I also just wonder too, like what's going through the minds of Lewis and Clark as they start embarking on this fork of like, all right, <laughs> well. here's to hoping we're correct on this. Oh, I'm convinced that Lewis, in the back of his mind, had a huge question mm. mark. Mm -hmm. that you have like, to. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because in the, whether you're the leader or not, you have respect for the people that you're mm -hmm. with, and they all think it's the other direction. Yeah, especially direction. there's not a you're consensus. Like, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I, and it's the not like you're looking it up on Google. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Google wasn't a thing, man. Yeah, huh? No. <laughs> no. Well, no. I, I know that. I, I mean, in my mind, it's just... Uh, it, he tells Clark, hey, I'm going to go ahead, taking four guys with me. Mm -hmm. We're going to go as fast as our LPCs, leather <laughs> personnel carriers, are going <laughs> to take us. And they So they strike out on the north side of the river because he wants to go and find out quickly, all right, have I made the right decision? Because mm -hmm. mm. I, I think in the back of his mind, he's like, if I make the wrong decision, yeah, this is not going to go over well. Right. Right. Yeah. It, in you're a multitude of ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, as he would describe on the 13th of June of 1805, he first he sees the spray arriving, uh, rising up from the plane and the, the agreeable sound of falling water. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was an exciting day for him. Yeah, uh, understandably so. Well, some validity, like, okay, yeah. there they are. Yeah. Yeah. Because I knew they were supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. I've done good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Picked the right way. Woo! Um, <laughs> yeah sense of relief with that for sure and it's not like just a couple hours like right no you're it's not like you're if you have to in. backtrack it's not easy yeah, yeah. nope mm. not at all <laughs> yeah he was pretty excited on that day there's mm -hmm. no doubt about it. not only excited because the right decision had been made but pretty taken with the beauty of the falls too mm -hmm. of yeah. missouri yeah just have yourself a nice sip of cold whiskey because mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's almost gone <laughs> Have you Small ever considered sip. to, you know, really get into your job and understand what Lewis and Clark went through? Have you ever considered trying to haul a boat around the falls? Mm. You know, I have not <laughs> done that, but we have uh, an incredible group, the Lewis and Clark Honor Guard, mm -hmm. uh, part of the Portage Route chapter of the Lewis and Clark National Trail Heritage. Uh, but they they have reenacted. There are still some members that were part of that reenactment back in the bicentennial. Oh, in wow. fact, if you come to the center today, 
and uh, right behind where the information desk is after you come by the window, there's a painting there done by a local artist, Ron Ukrainitz, mm -hmm. who is mm -hmm. a member of the Lewis and Clark Honor yes. Guard. He's been on our podcast there as well. Mm -hmm. so, and yeah, you can see uh, his rendering of uh, artwork uh, about that very moment. Mm. We also have a uh, original piece of Ron's work here in our office, and it is a no damned river with an eagle mm -hmm. in it. That's mm -hmm. awesome. <laughs> After he was a guest on our podcast, he <laughs> comes in a few days later with this painting and cleverly is excited about you know the name of it to, yeah, of fantastic. course, go with the podcast <laughs> title. So it's proudly displayed proudly right here. Proudly featured, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> So 25 years in, and we've got some big things coming up besides the party, but do you want to talk publicly about the exciting new developments of new um, and refreshed exhibits that'll be coming into the Interpretive Center? Uh, yeah, You can say it, no, but uh, no, we can <laughs> hard talk hitting. About yeah, we are excited now. Uh, this is what is coming, so we're talking about... Um, this actually occurring approximately 2026. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but we're in the process now. So it's been there 25 years. You know, yeah. we, uh, we're, we're getting, uh, prior to COVID there, we were 50,000 K plus that were uh, coming in as far as our visitation. So it's getting lots of love. Yeah. Um, so there's some things that have, uh, are showing a little bit of that love. And so we've already gone the pro through the process. We uh, had a contract through um, that was funded by the Great American Outdoors Act. Oh, wow. Uh, that we brought in a, a team from a company called Riggs and Ward who are in the uh, museum curation interpretation business that's what they do all over the country for state parks national parks historic sites that kind of thing and uh, they partnered with us went through our whole facility brought all of their skill sets to bear on what we'd like to see to kind of refresh some of the things not to change the story i mean that the, the history right. hasn't changed but to uh, take those things that have really been uh, showing their age and and refresh them uh, with some of today's uh, technology and means that they have to do that. So that portion, they've, they've come, phase one of that project is complete. So the That's phase awesome. phase two of that project um, is going to be actually now, all right, we know what we want to do. We have a plan for that, but actually uh, putting together the blueprints uh, that a contractor could bid on uh, actually doing the fabrication. So that is the part right now. So it's uh, we had to go back and ask for a little extra money because mm. everything's gone up, right? It has, and, and there's a minimum no, of forty percent. <laughs> no sector anyway, anywhere that's been untouched. So no, but yeah. if you're trying to build something, that's even <laughs> worse. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, the prices did go up, um, but anyway, we're expecting that that's probably going to be approved. I don't have that answer yet. Um, hopefully within the next 60 days, uh, we will get an answer on uh, whether we've been funded to go ahead and go to phase two to make those blueprints. But um, And so once that's done, all right, now it's got to be Made. built, contracted, and yeah. we've got to get to what's that going to cost? Mm. Well, the estimation is yeah, that, that could be $600,000. Mm. So that's crazy. Right now that money has been that that project has been earmarked as a priority to seek funding for in 2026. Mm. 
from funding from the Great American Outdoors Act. Cool. So, you know, phase one, that is done. Done. The plan is in place. Phase two, we're right now competing for a little extra money that we need because prices have gone up. So we're optimistic that that's going to occur. And then uh, 2026 is when we're looking at, no kidding, a contract could be let. And uh, then sometime shortly following that, we would probably have to uh, shut down for a few months while a lot Mm -hmm. of that was done. And we would most certainly seek to do that during the wintertime when our visitation is a little little bit slower. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that's where we're at with that. Mm-hmm. We're, we're hopeful. Keep, uh, you know, taking a, trying to take a step forward every time we get an opportunity. But yeah, it is exciting, though, that at least things are moving in that direction. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're listening to this podcast and you, for some reason, didn't listen to last week's episode, mm-hmm. Jane talked about the development of these displays mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. kind of how interesting it was and kind of the egg... Easter eggs that are planted in some of those um, beautiful (laughs) elements within there. So go back and listen. But it was really interesting to learn kind of that whole process and how quickly it went. And of course, 25 years ago, which is not that long ago. No, it's not. But in today's dollars, it's a long time ago. (laughs) Um, And what was accomplished for $2 million Mm -hmm. or three, six million. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Good Lord. (laughs) I'm just pulling numbers just out <laughs> <laughs> like I wasn't even in the <laughs> podcast studio. Um, Six million dollars 25 years ago mm-hmm. um, wouldn't be able to be done today right. for that. Yeah. No, it's uh, barely even thought lot. about. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Because <laughs> um, now that costs money, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. My, my brain power costs a lot of <laughs> <Yeah>. money. <laughs> I do sprinkle some fairy dust every now and again in here. Like, you should do this, and then people will do it, which is always nice. Ah, but Plant a seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so 25 years. Mm-hmm. How are we celebrating this milestone? Which we should say, too, it's 25 years today, which is celebration today wherever you are celebrate but Grab the big a piece one of cake. yeah exactly but the big one's coming up in conjunction with the festival that happens every year correct yeah normally we have a one day event yeah. every year with cake uh, <laughs> there's usually there's at least ice cream mm. that's um, the best part that's anyway fine. yeah <laughs> but um so this year uh being at the, t- the 25th anniversary it's going to be a three-day celebration because we couldn't get all that fun no. into one day no you shouldn't so it's going to occur it's a friday saturday and sunday june 30 july 1 and july 2. Um, the most action-packed day is july 1 saturday but honestly there are great events going on each day mm-hmm. uh, so that's that's kind of those are the days that we've chosen. It's also we chose those dates because the Lewis and Clark National Heritage Trail. They there's a there's a foundation. There are chapters across the country, right? Because the trail spans the entire country. It does. Um, so once a year, they get together at a site somewhere along the trail. Hmm. And it just so happens this year, it's in Missoula. Oh, okay. And so there's going to be Lewis and Clark enthusiasts from across the nation that already. are already mm-hmm. coming to Missoula to uh, attend that event there, participate in that mm-hmm. event there. And so uh, we purposely put ours right at the conclusion of yeah. that since Book they're already ended. here. Jump in a car, yeah. zip over, and you can add three more days of excitement pretty onto smart. your trip. Pretty mm-hmm. smart. I am pretty excited about the 
guided hike on Sulphur Springs because it is a pretty hike. But who's who's leading that effort? Do you know? Uh, yes. So it's going to be uh, we have one of our volunteers and another staff member oh. that will be leading that hike uh, on the very first day of our celebration. So that'll be on that Friday, um, June 30th. And that'll be uh, we're going to go in the morning because I just said you want right. to. Yeah. So typically, that's the safest time to go where you mm-hmm. don't get cooked while you're out there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we've got that hike going on. Uh, the very first day and what uh, with that hike we usually have people they'll, they'll sign up in advance by just they can call us and we'll get them on a list uh, we will limit it I mean we can't take you know with with a couple of rangers and a, or a ranger and a volunteer probably talking around 20 people right that we'll take and uh, then we'll all rendezvous in the parking lot that morning uh, carpool out there to the trailhead at Moroni Dam and then take the hike and uh, you'll learn about wildflowers you'll learn uh, about uh, the first peoples that called that home and there are some sites out there that you can see where they used to encamp and uh, you can see sulfur springs you mm-hmm. can look across the river and see where the core discovery uh, was camped when they uh, came up through here through this area so yeah we're mm-hmm. looking forward to that. that's always a, a fun hike and uh, usually well attended are you going to encourage drinking of the sulfur water um, usually by the time they get close enough to smell it, the drinking is not so much. Uh, Come on. <laughs> I mean, I want that full experience. Like, all right, now pull out your canteen and we're going to My dog was force really feed you in some sulfur water. <laughs> so it's kind of what happened to Sacagawea. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> like, here, smells gross. Try it. I'm sure this is healthy for you. <laughs> Well, after what she'd been through up to yeah. that point, she's uh, yeah, probably like, all right, I'm game. With, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Try what else, whatever. What else at this can point. be done to me? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I've already been bled three times in the last 24 hours. Sure. Wow. I'm sure. The smell water yeah. is going to be the one. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, still relatively untouched. I mean, it's not developed. You, if you aren't expecting that stank, I mean, <laughs> You're like, what? what's going on? Well, it's Sulphur Springs. Mm-hmm. Here's yep. the history. Yeah, yep, absolutely. And you're right. The landscape looks very much like it would have. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, When you read the journal entries, I mean, you can, like, look and, yeah. okay, yeah, that's <laughs> it's still that way. <laughs> and if you go, if you hike out there when it's hot, which is what, uh, what we did, Ooh. you get an even better appreciation, I think, of what mm. the core had to deal with. Just, I mean, we're hiking along. We drove out there in an air-conditioned car, and I have some fresh water on me, and it's hot. I don't want to be out there all day. I don't want to think about carrying a bunch of stuff. You know, you really get an appreciation, a hint of an appreciation of what that was like to try to pack everything around this area. Are you joining me on the quitting team? Like, if Jefferson shows up, you're like, I'm going to sit with Ingham and... Maybe if they try to force feed me sulfur water, probably. Hey. Maybe. <laughs> you, you Times know, were I, tough. I, I, I personally think the uh, the sulfur, you know, to you and I, mm-hmm. maybe smells a little repulsive. But when, so I like to challenge people to think mm. about this once in a while. The Missouri yeah. River, the Big Muddy, as yeah. it's often oh. referred to. Yeah. And then, so think back to that time frame. You know, Lewis would describe on the... 14th of the June, the, the day after he discovered the Great Falls of the Missouri, that uh, when he goes over, climbs up on the North Shore and he looks out over the plain, he estimates 10,000 bison are oh. out there. Wow. So that, now they have, you know, a daily schedule. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah. frequently, 
yeah, where is all that dung? Going. Mm-hmm. And I often, not as far back as Lewis and Clark, but even just thinking of the Wild Wild West days, just the stench mm-hmm. of the horses and the and the... It's not yeah. like you're taking a daily Life. shower. Right. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. <laughs> or washing your clothes mm-hmm. on a weekly basis. Like, right. Like there's Although just some things that. The general atmosphere doesn't Your olfactory <laughs> nerves are changing over time. Yeah. And what you become accustomed to. Again, when I get to the ranch and I smell cow poo, I'm excited. <laughs> but yeah. they probably, the things you're smelling are going like, to be very different. And, yeah. And honestly. We've all had like maybe a mixed drink, a fancy cocktail where the smell is like, ooh. <laughs> like if you get some bad gin, yeah, it's not going to smell good, but you yeah. still drink it. <laughs> and at this point, you're thirsty enough. You right. want the, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's that bad. I mean, of course, we're putting the modern spin on right. our own theories, but yeah. So what else is happening? <laughs> what else is happening? So, moving on from the spring. Shut up. <laughs> I need to shut up and let, let the experts talk, for goodness sakes. <laughs> Showcase my stupidity any further. Here, let me save you. <laughs> Thank you. Good job, Tony. <laughs> so we, let's see. We have that hike uh, on the very first day. We have another hike that we're going to do uh, also where we're going to go to Lewis and Clark Pass. Oh. And uh, so that one's a little farther away. It's about an hour and a half to get to the trailhead. That's in the Lincoln area, right? Um, it is closer to Lincoln than it is, is to us. But what any participants that uh, sign up for that hike, they're going to have an opportunity to travel uh, the same. You know, this was a, a trail that was used by the Native Americans to come to hunt bison in this area. Mm. And uh, so you'll be able to go right up that same trail. It's a just under a thousand foot of elevation gain, uh, about a mile and a half to get from the trailhead up to the pass where Lewis came over in July of 1806 on the return trip. And you'll be able to, he, he makes a reference to what he calls Fort Mountain. We know it as Square Butte today. It's a prominent landmark oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. there, you know, southwest of town. But uh, uh, when you're on that pass, you can look out over the prairie to the east and you can see it. But, yeah, it's a it's a really neat experience to go up there. And not only that, but, I mean, you are standing on the Continental mm. Divide, mm-hmm. right? You've got water flowing into three directions yeah <laughs> and you it, it's just it's a it's a really neat experience so those are the two hikes that we're going to have going on over that weekend and then uh at the interpretive center i mean every day uh we've got uh, a, a number of events so what all three days there's going to be an encampment so it'll be out east of the building in our grassland trail area and so out there in that encampment there is going to be a leather teepee it's not made out of bison hide it's made out of elk hide uh but uh, again very similar uh, just not quite as heavy as a bison hide teepee would have been and there'll be an interpreter there with that we're going to have a gentleman there who does indian artwork on leather and he uses all his the pigments that he has for his paint they come from where that from the landscape right so it's all natural pigments that he uses and he will show and demonstrate to people how they would make a story robe and how the oh, how that wow. art told their history you know and was used to pass down to other generations and the and the rock art that they would use too but anyway so he'll be out there we're going to have a gentleman whoever knew there was a history in wool blankets 
So we, we have a Gen 1. He's actually one of our volunteers. I'm shocked. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> I actually did just listen to a, a book called Vanishing Fleece, all about the American wool industry. Hmm. Yeah, so that being said, I don't know anything about it, but I know that there's <laughs> an extent, more, far more that goes into it than I know. Yeah, if uh, w- he's he has 85 blankets. Oh, uh, and stories. And my to husband tell gives me a bad time about, about the number of blankets. I, I probably have, have yeah. 25. <laughs> yeah, so he's going to be set up that That's sharing cool. with you know anybody that comes by, and uh, he he knows so much, and uh, he'll talk to you as long as you can stand it. He's just um, a wonderful man. And then we have a. Uh, another guy and his wife, George Breister, coming up from Helena, but he's a flint napper. Oh. And okay, what so does that mean exactly? You so sounded excited. I'm like, what? Well, it just seemed cool. I don't <laughs> actually, I don't know what that means. <laughs> so, you know, back before we had iron, you know, to be Kay. able to fashion points or blades or anything like mm-hmm. that, um, the, the Indians who called this place home, they are primarily using flint and then shaping those into fleshing tools and and blades and uh, points for their arrows or their spears or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that is a skill to be developed, and you don't just pick it up, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, so they take and they they shape that into whatever shape of uh, implement they're looking to de- to, oh. to make. And we have a gentleman that will come out and demonstrate how that was done. Oh. People will be able to watch that happen right before their eyes. He has a number of finished products too, so you can see you know what it starts out as and what it turns up as. So. Uh, he's always real, re- really interesting. He comes once a month during our shoulder season, usually on a Saturday, and sets up right in the Interpretive Center lobby oh, wow. and shares with any customers that are coming through. So we'll have him out there. We're going to have uh, another gentleman from uh, the National Park Service that is going to be, he's going to have a, a hat demonstration table to talk about period hats and how they're created, what goes into them why they were practical that seems are fun. we going to get one of those um water shedding hats oh, you'll yeah. be able to see one anyway but okay. he won't be building one of those okay uh, but, but they'll be on display yeah that well hopefully by that time we'll have one on display in the exhibit hall that you can oh, see nice. right now we just have an image of one um it just so happens we purchased one for the exhibit hall yesterday it's been elizabeth is picking oh, wow. it up Ooh. today that's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. I will tell you, we go camping Memorial Weekend. It always rains, and my mm-hmm. husband has this camper hat. It is the most <laughs> beat-up cowboy hat on planet uh-huh. Earth. It is so ridiculous. He goes, I got, you know, it's my Memorial Day weekend hat because it's always raining and it's always snowing, and I need my cowboy hat to help with that. Like, I don't think it's helping at all because your shoulders are still wet, your back is still wet, and you look as wet as I do, and I'm not wearing any hat. Yeah. And you look stupid in this hat. And he's like, oh, no, I look good. And I'm like, you don't. You don't. But you really don't. I am thinking now this uh, cone-styled mm-hmm. hat, that's going to be my style. And there and he's going to go. Set a trend. Right. Yeah. And he's going to go, what are you wearing? Yeah. I'm like, it looks well, as good as yours. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We're not here for a fashion statement, obviously. <laughs> so we got hats on display. Mm-hmm. We are also going to have, so you remember we've, we have a volunteer, four-footed volunteer. Yes. All right. So At first I thought you meant like a four-foot tall <laughs> oh, volunteer. No. And I was Shannon like, got excited like, oh, somebody else is taller. Short. <laughs> yeah. Somebody I'm taller, man. Yes. I do get excited about that. <laughs> 
<laughs> I do get excited, but I get even more excited about four-legged Yes. So tell us about this four-legged friend. What's happening there? Well, so we have our regular volunteer. His name is Butler. He's a Newfoundland dog Mm -hmm. and his owner, uh, uh, Bill Schuler. So they are frequent at the Interpretive Center. They come to welcome most school groups that come there. And they're there twice a week just greeting visitors, usually on Wednesday and Saturdays. It's a full-time job for Butler. It's a full-time job for Butler. Anyway, (laughs) they'll be out there all three days. But also, we're going to have another Newfie. her name is Sally, so we'll Ooh. have two Newfoundland dogs there uh, that'll be out uh, meeting and greeting with uh, all the patrons oh. that are enjoying the festivities. And then we'll have a couple of uh, short uh, ranger-led interpretive programs about, so what was this dog? What? Mm-hmm. Where did he come from? Yeah, why what did, did they he, pack a dog all the way? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And so you'll get a chance to learn that, but you'll be able to see them too. And uh, probably get your picture taken. Mm. There, they are. That's uh, reason enough to come to meet those dogs. You know, it is <laughs> just with Butler. I cannot tell you how many times we'll take a phone call and they'll be like, "So is the is the dog there today?" <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. he's not. When no. will he be there? Yeah, we're not okay, coming. We'll, we'll come then. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, I get uh, that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, folks listening at home, because <laughs> that's where you all are. Yeah. Uh, the original dog on the that was part of the core discovery was a Newfoundland, yes, mm-hmm. and named Seaman, correct? Correct. Uh, look at me being smart. Good job, trivia. Yeah, yep. trivia points. Mm-hmm. So you'll get to learn why there was, <laughs> why they yeah, brought a I'm dog. I'm actually curious. I've never really thought a whole lot about that, but that's you know that's like the one of the biggest, fluffiest, heaviest dogs you could choose to bring on a boat tour. Um, <laughs> On the water. Mm-hmm. I'll just have to come and learn more about that. Yeah. There you mm-hmm. go. It, so I will, I'll give you a hint. Kay. More of a practical reason yeah. than anything else. They're, they're smaller than a horse. <laughs> yeah. 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 They were smaller than a horse. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were working dogs. And again, yeah, don't course. try to put your modern lens on the t- 1800s and try to figure it out because they weren't just there to snuggle with him at night. Mm. I know. <laughs> Although helpful yeah built-in pillow and blanket right there yeah no um there was there (laughs) were occasions where they enlisted the aid of seamen to uh help act as a sentry of sorts and Mm. keep watch over so they could rest at night because they were having so many encounters with grizzly bears yeah see that's that that's a very helpful reason Mm -hmm. seamen thwarted a stampeding bull bison through (gasps) the camp one night it, mm. I, I mean, you know, he, he engaged the animal and it turned and went another direction. Good I, job. It uh, wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Yeah, they were, <laughs> neither were they. Yeah. <laughs> bison, like, what are you? Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> You're a small, fluffy bison. <laughs> yeah. If you if you go look at the the journal entries for the 29th of May of 1805, you can learn ahead of time what happened there. Oh, oh there you go. Kay. It's a pretty Teaser. exciting story. Okay. And you can I'm excited now. Yeah, you yeah. can buy your own full set of the original journals anytime. Mm-hmm. Or you can just go online to University of Nebraska <laughs> Press for, for free. Oh. <laughs> or do you sell these today the, yeah. and go to the uh, Interpretive Center Trail Heritage Foundation and mm-hmm. read them there. Yeah. There you go. A lot of options. Yes. What else? What else? Uh, so educate that, me more. We've got the encampment going along. So you know, grizzly bears were a big deal then. Yeah, they were. Um, they were. They're still kind of a big deal now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are going to have the Live Montana grizzly. Fish, Wildlife, and Parks, the Bear Aware trailer. Oh, okay. That will be there in the encampment all week. So that'll be educating people 
about bears today. What's no going bears on with the population? There though, right? Are they bringing a bear? live bear? Well, no, there will. <laughs> there'll be no live bear. And I there. think Jane ruined that for everyone. Yeah. Um, did she tell you that story? She told she us did. that story. Yes. And I think that's why there's no more live yeah. animals because mm-hmm. of Jane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sounds epic, though. You'll have so the we talked about the Lewis and Clark Honor Guard. Mm-hmm. Norman Anderson usually plays Meriwether Lewis. And uh, did she talk at all about him meeting that bear? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a great sure story. Sure did. <laughs> <laughs> Again, if you haven't, if you skipped ahead, didn't listen to last week, go listen to you last week. There are some amazing stories. And you'll get a little story. bit more of what we're hinting yes. about here. But we're not going to tell you here because, you know, we yeah, like to give yeah. you a little lick of the lollipop and then make you <laughs> exactly get want more. So. So that is encampment activities that are going on. Then there's going to be food vendors out there for because you're going to work up an appetite. You are. And then there's going to be a number of different craft vendors that will be out there that will have uh, different crafts that people could look at and purchase if they want. Likely um, custom-scented <laughs> candles. Mm, yes, Lewis's foot. Mm-hmm. Maybe Kelly is going to surprise us there. Yeah. Ooh. I'm pretty excited about this. Um, also, inside so the whole exhibit hall is open like it always is for everybody to come and take in but we're going to have a couple of special things going on in there too there'll be a weapons exhibit set up inside up in the lobby uh, then we're also going to have a a new budding lewis and clark author her name is caitlin clark she's from greenville ohio and i i have not met her face to face we've spoken on the phone um, but you know, the first conversation was I read my first book when I was in seventh grade about Lewis and Clark and the core discovery. And then I realized, Hey, Meriwether Lewis was in Greenville, Ohio, uh, prior to the expedition. And she said, my, my dream was to write a book about the hmm. history, uh, huh. that Meriwether Lewis had here. And so she's a school teacher by trade. And uh, she's, if I remember, 27 years old now, just published this book, has done a couple of programs promoting it. She is going to travel the entire trail this summer, and she's organized it. So she'll be here all three days of uh, our festivities. Neat. And she'll be promoting her book, selling the book uh, there in the lobby. And then she's going to give some short programs after we show our uh, theater feature films in the theater just talking about the book kind of teasers and if you want to learn more you can go buy one of my books so we're excited to have her and then we've got uh, another gentleman he's a long in the tooth lewis and clark enthusiast (laughs) uh, john fisher Um, he's recently self-published a book on the medicine of the early 1800s the medicine of lewis and clark Uh, he will have that book there uh, for for sale for anybody that's interested in and he too you'll be able to converse with him we're actually still working out some of the details of some formal programs that he and a a former employee of the interpretive center uh, might also be putting on to that's that's still in the negotiation stage of where we're going to be able to foot where we're going to be able to fit that in so those will be going on in the lobby um, and then all of these, we've got some special speakers that are coming through. So we have Jack Gladstone. Mm. Uh, he's mm-hmm. going to bring uh, his musical skills to bear there. That'll be uh, Friday evening. Uh, on Saturday, we've got like horse packing demonstrations with the Nine Mile Ranger District. Uh, they're going to have, there's going to be 10 mules and they're going to be demonstrating the same kind of uh, packing uh, material and uh, how you would 
you know, Lewis and Clark, they traded for horses, loaded all their gear, took them out of the boats, put them on the horses to go over the Rockies. So it's just still the, the same kind of thing that will be demonstrated there on Saturday. Um, we're going to have the Kootenai Salish Fancy Dancers. They're going to do two presentations on that day. Oh, wow. Um, we're going to have Smokey the Bear will be there. Oh. We're going to have a special presentation from the Lewis and Clark Honor, Go- Honor Guard on the dugout canoes. Uh, you know, how they were crafted, everything that went into them. Um, there's also going to be another Honor Guard presentation, and it's going to be a beaver skinning demonstration. So it will it will be the skinning of a real beaver. beaver. Um, and uh, so, you know, that the fur trade would quickly follow after Lewis and Clark uh, had come through, and uh, that's, that's what everybody was after mm-hmm. primarily was that beaver. So all those things will be going on on Saturday, and then Saturday night we've got two special speakers uh one of them is a man by the name of chris hodge hodges and he's from uh, kansas city missouri so he's the author of a recent book titled coulter's west wind <gasps> came out a couple of years ago john so he coulter. is a big john coulter enthusiast i We've mean ha- who wouldn't be <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what i said <laughs> and then we're going to have uh dr jay buckley uh and he's going to have a presentation on lewis and clark connections to the fur trade mm. And so Dr. Buckley, he is uh, the director of BYU's Brigham Young University's Charles Red Center for Western Studies. He's the author of several books, uh, most notably the William Clark Indi- Indian Diplomat, By His Own Hand, The Mysterious Death of Mary Le- Meriwether Lewis. And he's also dun, dun, dun. just getting ready to publish a book, The Great Plains Forts, uh, which should come out this fall. So mm. that's wow. all going on on Saturday and then on Sunday um, the, the big feature event on Sunday is uh, Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. Montana Wild out of Helena is going to do a raptor program. That's cool. Uh, on mm-hmm. the Sunday. Those are always really popular. Yeah. And yeah. For, for, you of you, for those of you that for some reason don't know what raptors are, it's yeah. birds. Mm-hmm. Yes. Simple. So <laughs> owls, hawks, eagles. Yeah. Types mm-hmm. of birds. Yeah. Yep. A specific category good, yeah, of bird. Good, yeah, good clarification. And yep. we have had unbelievable turnout to every one mm-hmm. of those that we've ever had well anytime there's <laughs> live animals mm-hmm. i think it's fun oh it yeah is. yeah absolutely and, and the mm-hmm. unpredictability of it yes. i mean you really want to be there live to go i wonder if that bird's gonna come back uh-huh. or yeah. i wonder if they're all gonna attack those us are some big talons or, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i wonder yeah. if that bison's gonna get out and charge <laughs> us or <laughs> you know all the fun <laughs> jane told you those stories yes. too. uh-huh yes. i mean we pull it out of people when we yeah. put them on this podcast. You're good. Uh-huh. And you think we're joking about being fans of John Coulter? Well, listen to the episode we had with Dwayne Buchai where all we did was talk about John mm. Coulter. That was a fun day. It was a fun. <laughs> I'd never had more fun learning history. Yeah. Probably there been you go, a be- bringing history alive. Yes. Exactly. It is just the Full best circle. way to learn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's for sure. That's a lot of things. And that's not all. Let me oh, share a couple more. Okay. Um, also on Sunday, we'll have another smoky appearance. And then uh, we've got uh, one of the Blackfeet elders, Dugan Coburn. He's mm, from yeah. here in Great Falls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be doing a demonstration on the native use of bison. Oh. And then um, we also have uh, rangers from other park sites. So one of them is Darian Kath from the Knife River Indian Villages. He's a former employee of the Interpretive Center. He now works over there at the Indian Villages in North Dakota, and he's going to be doing a program on Indian diplomacy. And then another, uh, Ranger Hess, and he's from down at uh, Omaha at the trail headquarters, and he's going to be doing one on military discipline. 
Oh, Lewis and Clark and the Core of Discovery, and that 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 will I assure you that will be a very interesting program as well. So that's kind of we're going to have the encampment going on. We're going to have food. We're going to have all these going through the exhibit hall, which that's what fifty thousand people a year come to go to every year. So you can take that in. We've got some authors there promoting their their books that have just come out. It's it's going to be a great great weekend. Now I'm going to confirm. What I heard was the 27-year-old school teacher author's name was Caitlin Clark. There's not a relation, but yes, Man, you did hear maybe that. Maybe you are related, though. <laughs> I claimed it. When I applied for the tourism job, I said, my maiden name is maiden, Clark. Yeah. It is destiny. Like, <laughs> that was my closing statement. Wow. I am that bold. I never said I was related to Clark. I you just, just said. implied it. Yes. Mm-hmm. You make your own connections. Caitlin, I really think you missed an opportunity to just leverage the last name yeah. and throw it out there. You don't have to say I am. You can just say, uh, my you last name know. is Clark. Yeah. yeah. So obviously. And then just the rest leave, speaks for itself. Yeah, just leave it there. Like let people draw their own conclusions. Yeah. We learned though that some people say they're related to Lewis or Clark and, and everyone knows it's a lie because one of them didn't have children. Yeah. Actually I've heard people come in and claim to be relations of quite a few members of the score of the core discovery huh. Wh- which one didn't have kids i don't remember it probably so, th- so wh- which one had relation troubles uh <laughs> <laughs> i think they all did well um is it more lewis yeah yeah i mean he was never married yeah and he yeah, he was also. Yeah, he wasn't the gregarious one. Right. Well, that's why I just based off how you were describing yeah. him earlier. That was yeah. my guess. Yep. Yeah. Because I forget. Because I'm excited about Clark. Because I'm a Clark, so it made sense. We're all mm. gregarious. <laughs> Lewis is like, Mm-mm. yeah. You people need to take it down a notch. Mm. Yeah. A little more somber yeah. for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. You Clark people. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, one was was Clark the younger one as well on the journey? Yeah. Of the two. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Where. Not the youngest. But between him and yeah. Lewis, yeah. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. raising... He turned 33 um, <gasps> in August of 1805. Okay. The, they look like they're they 70. Just, <laughs> they had just recently <laughs> left here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a tough journey. <laughs> well, you're dead by 40 yeah. back in those <laughs> days. So you well, are an old man at 33. And this mysterious... It wasn't that long after they finished the... Three years. Three years that Lewis died yeah. after that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited about the mystery death book. And um, I'm really excited about the medicine thing because I'm a little bit of a hippie when it comes to natural medicine. And I just think a lot of it's what really occurred then is <laughs> still better for yeah. than some of the stuff today. With caveats, like my husband has asthma. I don't think you should try and will yourself past that Mm -hmm. because breathing is kind of an important part. So if you need help in that area, you should have medical help for that area. But other things like, you know, pink eye. Rub some honey in there. It's yeah, see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Snake bites. There I feel you like go. I need to put a like disclaimer on this podcast. No, like they know <laughs> if I'm talking, <laughs> she should not be doing these things at home mm-hmm. unless mm-hmm. I'm really committed. And then probably but still, still don't. Don't, don't, don't 
we don't need anyone coming after us being like, Rebecca said. Hey, if this you're worked. getting your medical advice from this <laughs> podcast, it serves you right. Yeah. Unless we're going to do an entire episode on the medicine of the expedition, then you could mm. use some of that, I think. Well, that'd be we should operative do that. word would be some. So, some, right. Because <laughs> we've probably learned, like, hey, don't eat bark. That's probably not yeah. going to help you. Yeah. But maybe it does. Mm. So, well, <laughs> you never we know. We know Dr. Rush's <laughs> thunderclappers, as they were nicknamed, that uh, primary ingredient being mercury was not, not a good plan. The best yeah, we, do, we don't like Effective purgative anymore. for sure, but. Right. Yeah. And back Long then, so that's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've come away since that. Mm-hmm. There's going, I'm just going to throw this out there that there's an area of Montana that has some mercury issue, issues in the water and then it is promoted to go fishing there. I would 100% do catch and release in that area. And often, you know, just my husband's like, what do you think about spot. going fishing there? I'm like, catch and release. The, we're not keeping yeah. anything that comes out of that body of water. <laughs> yeah. Good call. Mm-hmm. They Don't say mean. it's fine, but I also live in an area of town that has acceptable levels of arsenic in our water system, and huh. I, j- I think acceptable levels are zero, and that's not the number that comes <laughs> yeah. on the no. report. That's not, yeah, acceptable levels are that is <laughs> subjective. <laughs> yeah, You know there's an area along the trail where the presence of mercury that still exists in the, in the soil <laughs> ended up being what was used to determine truly where... They were. One of the campsites was that the core discovery was on. I think that's wow. neat. Yeah. I mean, it's a little disgusting. Yeah, but it, but fascinating. Yeah, yeah it is huh. fascinating. So yeah, if if you f- if that sounds enticing, go <laughs> look up Traveler's Rest. There is a Montana State Park that interprets that site there, and mm. you'll you'll learn a bit a little bit more about Mercury. how they came to determine exactly where that campsite <laughs> was. But okay. it was. Because they found where the latrine was. <laughs> yes, sir. That's awesome. Uh-huh. Mm, yummy. Um, so easily, Lewis and Clark Interpretive Center has got 25 more years in her. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> 25 and growing. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, are things free? Or do, does it cost? What, uh, how, what does that look like for the festival? Uh, well, our time is not free. That it no. is going to cost yeah. you some time. <laughs> and uh, to come out and be able to truly enjoy everything that's going on. Yeah. Uh, if you're, you're planning to come and blaze through it in 60 minutes, you'll walk away having missed much of what's going to mm-hmm. happen. But, yeah, you know, this would be a good time to plan this as a destination to come to. Yeah. For sure. Uh, we have some, you know, there's some places in town where you can uh, take up a room and you won't have to live in a tent or mm-hmm. camp underneath mm-hmm. the stars. <laughs> but you could go find that, too. Yeah. If you wanted. Yeah. That's Creature comforts, um, we've afforded those things for mm-hmm. you here. There you go. Yep. Running water. Mm-hmm. It'd be a good time <laughs> to plan a trip out here and, and yeah. spend a few days to take all of it in. And really, Absolutely. there's nothing that repeats. I mean, there's some things that are happening the every day, mm-hmm. but there's so much different happening each day mm-hmm. that you're going to want to do Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Absolutely. And I'm telling you, the hikes, the fact that there are the guided hikes to me are just top notch. Yeah. So get in early, man. Yeah, if nothing else, if you just want to hike in the area, this is a great time to have a, a guided opportunity for With that. With some stories. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and getting to know what, because I think in our <laughs> um, podcast we did about the box that showed up from the Lincoln uh-huh. Ranger Alice Station. Creek. Yeah. Alice Creek, you were telling me about the Lewis and Clark Perch portion of that trail system oh mm-hmm. 
and we did not do it justice, Dwayne. We knew nothing about no, it. We, we just, just read a brochure. Off of the brochure that was left on our doorstep. <laughs> that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Like we learned some stuff. Yeah. Was it the brochure from the Lincoln Ranger District? And, yes. Oh, yes. And exactly. the Alice Creek. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's a great mm-hmm. brochure. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> we just all of a sudden had a box they outside box one day. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what is this? So we pulled it out and we read through the brochure on the podcast. It was <laughs> awesome. Riveting. They it, knew they had a message and they knew if they wanted it to be put out where <laughs> yeah. it needed to go. Well, yeah. I, you know, I just don't spend that much time in the Lincoln Alice Creek drainage district. We mm-hmm. talked to the the lovely people from um, Bighorn Outdoor mm-hmm. Sports about it, and they they've spent time in there, and they're like, yeah, it's pretty awesome. I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to expand my horizons. Yeah, you, you know what? I it it's too bad. I literally we just f- had a brochure that uh, was completed. It's 29 pages with complete with a big fold out map on the back. And it, it's, it, it documents from present-day Bonner, Montana, which mm. is where Highway 200 starts over by Missoula. And it comes all the way to Lewis and Clark Pass. So mm. not oh. only – it's kind of like one of those uh, older uh, strip maps that, you know, are a mile post. Okay. The different sites that you can see as you go along. Yeah. And it, it yeah. shows you not only some Lewis and Clark history, some Native American history – the er, the miners that were in there, the settlers that came through into that area, uh, it's just chock full of all kinds of great information, and that all was made possible by a a member of the National Trail Heritage Foundation, and they made a private donation to us mm. for that today. And then we partnered with Blackfoot Challenge, and they had a graphic artist that uh, just did fantastic work oh, putting wow. all this together. And literally two weeks ago, we picked up a thousand brochures. So uh, we'll hey, share you, those with the people. If you ever wanted to share with us, have, absolutely. Yeah, we <laughs> like to read things that get dropped <laughs> off at our door. Yeah. So just come, <laughs> knock on the door, leave it, and run. And we'll, yeah. I should have thought to, brought, uh, to have brought one over today. <laughs> well, it's been a blast getting to yeah. learn a little bit more. I can't, I, honestly, I think a medicine. A medicine episode would be so much fun. Mm -hmm. If you've not listened to our John Coulter episode, that was just the funnest, craziest (laughs) episode ever. And no one planned on that one. So maybe let's not plan on something and yeah, just, just see what happens. See what happens mm-hmm. here. So, uh, Dwayne, uh, we'll be happy to have you back over the next 25 years on the podcast yes. so that we can continue to celebrate Lewis and Clark Interpretive Center and the jewel that it is for our community. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks for putting together just an amazing yeah, three excited. days in partnership with the Lewis and Clark Foundation. Um, celebrating kind of that history and celebrating the longevity of a community loved project. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not just our community, um, but everybody involved is, um, it holds a piece of their heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As you is. heard from Jane, uh, who, <laughs> who decided, let's found it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's build let's it. Let's do it. Yeah. Show them wrong. Yeah. We can raise the money. 18 months. Just unbelievable. Mm. So, yeah. Um, really amazing experience and to know that it is loved deeply by our community is just even better. So Mm -hmm. make your plans now. Happy anniversary to the center. Yay. And then, um, get everything scheduled. So Mm -hmm. we'll see you soon here in Great Falls. Um, when you show up. (laughs) Talk to you. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) 
we're just gonna close it out like that. <laughs> Bam. We are no damn experts is the recorded claims from Great Falls, Montana, covering what you need to know about this amazing damn town.